0: My advice for anyone that's in her situation that wants to get into real estate but doesn't exactly know how, it's just every day put yourself in front of at least one new person, whether it's in person or via email. And if you do that long enough, eventually something positive is going to happen.
1: It's that time of year again, tax season. Dun, dun, dun. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return and there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the tax laws? Well, our sponsor Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide and I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track manage and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Hi, several listeners. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff, we got Follow Along Friday today and we're me answering a best ever listener's question about how to get a property acquired and the structure that we recommend for doing so. And we got a couple other miscellaneous things. We got Theo Hicks with us as always on Follow Along Friday. Theo, let's kick it off.
0: Before I start, people that are listening to this won't see this, but just like an Olympic athlete right now. The <laughs> usa olympic athlete <laughs> Coll-
1: colleen hates my track suit this is what she she calls it a track suit but i secretly think she loves it because every time she says she hates it i wear it more often there
0: you go <laughs> i think it looks good so as you mentioned we're gonna go over another listener question and just kind of offer our advice on what would you do if we were in that particular situation this week's question it came from denise and she has a very long and thoughtful message so we appreciate that i'm just going to summarize it for now She gave her background. She's a single mother. She recently acquired her architectural degree. So congrats on that. Congratulations. She currently lives in Southern California and she's had a little bit of issues housing wise over the past couple of years. She said she got evicted from the place she was renting and was homeless for about a year, but has kind of figured things out and got back into a rental. She didn't explain like what happened, but right now I know that she currently rents a home, but she discovered... Our podcast and other real estate investors, and was interested in investing because she never wanted to be in that tricky financial situation ever again, and be forced to not have a place to live. So she said that her goal is to buy some sort of income property, duplex or or threeplex, and implement the house hacking strategy. So live in one unit, rent the other unit. But the trouble areas that she had that she wanted our advice on was one, how to afford the down payment. Being in Southern California, the Purchase price will probably be around half a million dollars. So, how do you afford a down payment on that? And also, because of her background, she in her mind didn't believe she'll qualify for a loan. So, she wants to know how she'd also find a guarantor to help her with the loan. So, she asked for any advice on what she thinks that we should do. So, I'll let you take it, Joe, and then I'll go after you.
1: Okay. Just so I'm clear, she is intending on purchasing a duplex to live in one side, run out the other. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she does not have money for a down payment. So she's asking one, how do I get the money? And then two, since she doesn't have the money for a down payment, then she won't be able to qualify for the loan. So the second one is how do I bring someone in to partner with me on that? Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Well, it's kind of a broad question because basically the first question is how do I make money so that I have enough for a down payment? Well, you can do a Google search on that and I'm not trivializing your question, but it's almost too broad for me to wrap my mind
0: around. So
1: how about you go first?
0: <laughs> it's interesting. I was looking at this more of the lens of a lot of newer investors, whether that either reach out to me on bigger pockets or that I read on pockets forms or just some people that I know personally who want to get into real estate. That's really what the main problem is, is they don't have the money to buy a property at first. So they're always ask, I want to get started today. I just learned about real estate yesterday. I want to buy my first property, but I don't have money. So how do I do it? And as you mentioned, at the end of the day, there are, of course, ways to get into real estate without actually having money. So if your goal is to turn this into a business eventually, or at least personally, I don't think you should be thinking about it as what's the fastest way to do it. Just because you need to have that foundation first so you don't make crazy mistakes and lose all that money that you, that you have to waste saving all the time, save that money, and then buying a, a property. If you don't know what you're doing and you end up losing all that money, one, you're going to obviously lose that money, but two, you might not even continue to do it in the future. So my advice would be to kind of take a big step back and first start working on your education. Start going to meetup groups in your area to meet with other investors, other agents, other real estate professionals to get an idea of the area to figure out what it is you actually like about real estate, what part of real estate you want to get into. One way to make money for this down payment is to try to work with someone that you meet at this meetup group within their business or partner up and maybe wholesale a few deals with them first, or maybe find someone to fix and flip a deal with. Again, I know this is very kind of vague and it's not just you walk into a meetup one day and meet someone and fix and flip a property. But I think that's the entire point is just kind of slowing everything down and realizing that. There is no fast solution to raising money to buy a $500,000 duplex. If you can't think of something right away, then it's not going to be something that's going to be a quick fix. It's going to take some time.
1: On that note, three paths come to mind, just riffing off of what you're saying. One is you earn the money. Two is you partner with someone who has the money. And three is owner financing. Off the top of my head, those are the three paths for you to get The property. So one, earn the money. Theo mentioned some ways to earn money, wholesaling, or you just got your degree. Congrats on that. You rent for a little while at a very low rent in an area that you might not enjoy as much, but you do that and then you save up and you have the down payment. And there's a whole lot of other ways to make money, obviously. Two is you joint venture with someone. The challenge with the joint venture in this scenario is what value are you bringing to the transaction? If you don't have money and you're not signing on the loan or can't qualify for the loan, then the value will be you finding the property that's gonna be off-market because if it's an on-market property represented by a broker, it's unlikely that that's gonna be enough value for you to make substantial profit But perhaps you talk to someone and then you partner with them and you find the property that they're looking for, but then you're really a real estate agent. So in order to do number two, a joint venture, you're going to need to find off-market deals. And there's plenty of resources on our blog. What is it? TheBestEverBlog.com, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, TheBestEverBlog.com. There are ways to find off-market deals there. There's a little category, I'm sure, for that. And then the third way is owner financing. It is possible for you to acquire a property with no money out of pocket. It is not likely, in my opinion, especially given you're in California where it's a hot market. It's always a hot market (laughs) in California. So it's gonna be challenging for you to get owner financing, but it is possible. So that goes with the second point of finding off-market deals and perhaps with an off-market deal that you find. So you can do that through direct mail. You can do that through phone calls, just call an owner up. You could do it through attending the meetup that Theo mentioned. You could do it through having a local meetup that you create and it's just a meetup with property owners in the area. Then you start conversations there. I've interviewed plenty of people who have gotten off-market deals in that way then you increase your likelihood of getting owner financing because you're getting more deal flow. So those are the three ways that I can think of that you can get into a deal. But touching on what Theo was mentioning, perhaps it's just taking a step back and just looking at the lay of the land and seeing, okay, where do I want to spend my time and my focus? Does it make more sense for me to put my head down? I just got my degree. I got a new job, hopefully, in that industry, do I need to put my head down and focus on that and earn money and save? Or do I want to create a new venture like a wholesaling business or something else on the side while I'm entering into my career, which I assume you're entering into the career since you just got your degree?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of while we were talking, I went and calculated how much money you actually need for that $500,000 duplex, assuming 3.5% down house hack, and it's around $20,000. So if you work in the architecture field for a year, two years, work on getting your credit up, get that historical W-2 income, and just save up a third of your income, then in two years, you could house hack yourself and not have to worry about raising the money or having somebody else sign on the loan. But as Joe mentioned, and as I've mentioned before, I think kind of in situations where you want to get into the industry, but you don't know how, but you want to do it quickly, you really just got to just put yourself in as many situations as possible that could benefit you real estate-wise. So go to every meetup group in your market for a few months straight and see what happens. And Joe's podcast at the end of every podcast, he says, what's well, the best way that the best ever listeners can get in touch with you. Reach out to these people and don't ask them for something, but offer them something instead. If you want to go the realtor route, get your real estate license. Maybe you meet someone there you can partner up with. It's just kind of putting yourself in as many situations as possible. Instead of just kind of staying at home and, and always being online, just getting yourself in front of people and just seeing what happens. I mean, maybe nothing happens at all. And you just, wait two years and buy a duplex with their money. Or maybe in a few months you hit it off with someone who has a lot of money that is just willing to take a chance on someone. You really never know. We just wrote that Best Ever Influencers article about Alex Holt and Ash Patel. I guess it's kind of like a perfect example. He just kept putting himself out there and ended up finding a money partner. And um, I'm sure in his mind, he didn't know exactly what was going to happen, that he'd find this money partner, do a fix and flip that wouldn't go very well, but still have that partner afterwards but he put himself out there and benefited from it because of that. I think that'd be my advice for anyone that's in her situation that wants to get into real estate but doesn't exactly know how. It's just every day, put yourself in front of at least one new person, whether it's in person or via email. And if you do that long enough, eventually something positive is going to happen. Good stuff. That's the advice I've got on that. Do you have anything else to add or do you want to move on? Nope. I oh, got yeah, nothing else. All right. You got any updates that you want to discuss? Nope. Cool. I just wanted to mention one thing. So as I mentioned last week, we are expanding to multiple markets in Florida. So originally just Tampa. Now we're expanding to Tallahassee, Orlando, and Jacksonville. The reason why is we kind of have a conversation we had on this podcast. So again, I really appreciate that. And I reached out to a lender who was nice enough to send me all this market information on those. So we're kind of going through that right now. And now it's just looking at four times more deals. Actually, more than that, because Tampa has been a little dry lately. And just having my underwriters go through those deals. And I think you think this is funny. I did get lunch with a commercial broker and then the lender for that company. Yeah. And we were just kind of just talking. And I mentioned you and Ashcroft. And the guy's like, Ashcroft, that sounds so familiar. He's like, I think I just talked to someone from Ashcroft recently. And he pulled up his email. And sure enough, he talked to your uh, acquisition manager, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know like, oh, Scott. Yep. That was pretty funny. Super small world. We're everywhere, Theo. I know. <laughs> you are. I, just that. I thought that was interesting. We yeah, beside here grinding still looking for that first deal and definitely increasing our chances by looking at more markets for sure.
1: What happened to the Jacksonville one?
0: Too big. It's 440 units. Got it. Cool. It was more of a, a class A property. It was a little bit too nice for us. The price per unit to purchase it as well as the price per unit to upgrade it was just a little bit above what we'd want to do. I'm working more for that B, C-ish type of property that we kind of put in under 10 grand into. We don't want to do the nice luxury granite stuff just yet, but obviously eventually that'd be great. Yep. Cool. All right, moving on to the trivia question. I don't know why I'm always so excited for the trivia (laughs) section. I did a ton of research on the question this week. I think it's kind of interesting. But first, last week's question. So the question that in 2010, Apple purchased one acre of land from an elderly couple in North Carolina to build a data server. That elderly couple bought their land for six grand in thirty-four years prior, so like in the nineteen seventies. And the question was, how much did Apple pay for that land? And I said within a hundred thousand dollars. And the answer was one point seven million dollars. So that's almost a hundred or a thousand times more than what they paid for it originally. So good for them.
1: Yeah, good for them. I'm sure
0: somehow it worked out financially for Apple too. Seriously. I do know in Cincinnati. I remember they built an apartment side of one street and they were buying houses for four or five times as much as they were actually worth. But this is... Who's <laughs> so that, they? Whoever the developer was for that developed the apartment building. Oh, the apartment developer was mm-hmm. doing that. Okay. But yeah. about Apple. And I think like, one guy did want to sell and eventually the government stepped in and he didn't make as much money as he would have if he just sold. That should have been a trivia question, but that's too specific. But this week's question is going to be, in 1929 it was announced that they were increasing the height of the Empire State Building from 1,050 feet to 1,250 feet via that needle that's at the top of the Empire State Building right now. Sure. So the question is, what was the original purpose of that needle on top of the Empire State Building?
1: Oh, I don't think there was a purpose. I just think they did it to be the tallest building because I'm sure they're trying to beat another building. So they just wanted the needle there to... Have bragging rights. That's my guess.
0: Okay. So uh, submit your answer to either info at joefarrelus.com or you comment on the YouTube video with your answer. And the winner will receive a copy of the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever book that we wrote. Volume one, right? Yep. It's the first person to get the answer correct. All right, moving on. So, the recording's on Thursday. This will be live on Friday. A week from when this goes live is the best ever conference. So that is in Denver next week. And I wanted to ask you, Joe, since obviously putting the conference on, you're going to be a speaker. Do you want to give us kind of a little sneak peek on what you're going to be talking about in your keynote?
1: Yeah, sure. I am actually finalizing it now. It's on my desktop. I'm going to be talking about lessons learned after acquiring $500 million worth of apartment communities and they're applicable to apartment investors but then also entrepreneurs and real estate investors and business people. There will be lessons that I have not talked about before because I recently did a assessment of just the business after we closed on this deal, which we closed a week ago today, a week ago. Therefore it's new stuff. It's all new stuff, some new concepts. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about some things that there are recent observations that have come across. So that's going to be my keynote. That will be Friday around 11 a.m. or so, eleven eleven thirty. The agenda is on our website, besteverconference.com. We got about 40 or so tickets that are left. Otherwise, we're all booked up. We're going to meet that allotment for sure. So if you want to go, come on over, come hang out with us. We're We'll be having fun too. On Thursday night, there's a Bigger Pockets event. We're not officially affiliated with it, but Thursday night, there's a Bigger Pockets event. And then Friday night, we're renting out a bar and all hanging out there. And then Saturday night, I think it's whatever you want to do. But then Sunday, there's a assisted living academy Mm -hmm. that everyone can attend for free as a result of being a paid attendee at the conference at Sunday. So we've got a lot of miscellaneous stuff going on before and after the conference. Then obviously the conference is a lot of good content. So looking forward to meeting everyone there or seeing you there, besteverconference.com.
0: All right. And lastly, the review of the week. So make sure you guys and girls pick up a copy of the best ever apartment syndication book on Amazon, I'll leave a review and send us a screenshot in order to have the opportunity to be the review of the week written aloud on the podcast. This week's review comes from Arthur. And I really like reviews like this one. It makes me feel good just be honest. So Arthur said, having been in the apartment development and syndication business for the last 15 years, I've never found a book like this one. Very useful information. Actually surprised that he shares such detailed trade secrets. Following this book will give you a 10-year head start. Thank you for that. It means a lot, especially coming from
1: you with the background that you exactly. have. Exactly. So thanks again. And best ever listeners, enjoyed our conversation. Hope you got a lot of value from this, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account. The account's free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S T E S S -S A. Dot com forward slash best taxes. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellandwelland.com forward slash show. That's D W E L L Y N N dot com forward slash show.